From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. If I know one thing, it's that uh, it hasn't been the greatest start post-All-Star break for uh, for the Marlins. That's for certain. I think they need some home cooking. Still going to be a couple of days, but they're, they're headed home, and you're going to want to be a part of a pennant race with the Miami Marlins. Stone, tell them. Yeah, there's always a silver lining when it comes to Major League Baseball, I feel like. They got swept by the Baltimore Orioles coming out of the All-Star break. What have the Orioles done? They've ripped off six in a row. So sometimes you got to... Just hit some hot teams. Yeah, so you hit some hot teams. Oh. You got to take a peek behind the curtains and realize what's going on. I mean, on. listen, the White Sox are terrible. They took two or three from the Braves. They did. Right. They did. It was... Wasn't it? Knock it out of the park with the... Knock it out of the park this season. You all right? The Miami Marlins. <laughs> Well, I was thinking about the White Sox game. They're bad. You were thinking about the drop kick. No. Because <laughs> I did watch that White Sox Braves game. They brought back a, uh, you know, a little moment. So let's knock it out of the what park. What are you season. talking about? With the Miami. What are you even saying? Hold on. We'll do the read in a second. What are you even saying? <laughs> I had the over in the White Sox Braves games. I remember the, the in one first of- one back from the All Star break. Oh, you're talking about, oh, you had the over. You had the over. Yeah, and I, I started thinking about the game and how oh, it was played out. You realize I had no idea what you were talking about. I know. And nobody didn't. had any That's idea what you were talking That's why he stopped talking, though. He right. hinted at it and he stopped. But then the listeners are like, what the hell is Stone talking about? So if you're going to bring it up, you might as well just tell everybody. Joe and Jupiter's like, I had the over, too. So he was right there with me. I, I oh, well, good. I well, knew what was going on. Well, good. A one-person audience is what you're assuming we have. <laughs> awesome. Uh, cool. All right. Anyways, Stone <laughs> to the Marlins. Knock it out of the park this season with the Miami. Marlins. Lone Devo Park offers you the ultimate experience with plenty of ticket options. You can get single game tickets or invest in a Marlins membership that gets you even more. Lock in priority seating, save on food and merchandise, access to exclusive memory events. Come out and support your favorite team this season as they celebrate 30 years of Marlins baseball. There'll be promotions and giveaways, all that stuff all season long, not to mention the players. My favorite, Jazz Chisholm coming back. Little oblique strain. Ken's favorite. Which one? Sandy Alcantara? No, your real favorite. Luis Arraez. Yeah, and then the, the, the big man on the mound, Sandy Alcantara. Get your tickets today and join us at Lone Depot Park. Visit MLB.com slash Marlins slash tickets. I have a tweet from uh, Mama Stone. Stone's mom weighing in. Oh, God. Ask Stone who is the real beer pong champ. Oh. So first of all, thank you, Mama Stone, for calling it beer pong, not pong. And did you, did you lose to your mom in beer pong? Bro. Be honest. Did you lose to your mother in beer pong? Yeah, I most definitely did. Bro. <laughs> we each had one cup left. Oh. We actually made an appearance at my mom's and her friend's party. So it wasn't even our party. So we were kind of. This was the, your mom's friend's party. It's a road yeah. game. Yeah, it was definitely a road game. Oh. So we were surrounded by a bunch of mothers. <laughs> and I was playing alongside my girlfriend. My mother was playing with my aunt at the time, and we each had one cup left. And oh, my mom, my mom throws it. It goes in, and <sighs> there's probably like 20, 40 plus year old women just running around the yard. You saw some uh, cartwheel attempts, and uh, we got laughed off the uh, off the table. It was it was demoralizing for me. It was de- it's still a low point that I think about. You went with your girlfriend. Oh no, to. A women's party. <laughs> Not a college party. This wasn't parents weekend at Southern Illinois. This was just the backyard of one of your mother's friends. Yeah, it was my aunt. Oh, your aunt. Mm-hmm. Book club. And <laughs> book club. 
<laughs> and you lost, you and your girlfriend, young 20s, mm-hmm. fresh out of college, exactly. lost in beer pong to your mother and your aunt. How long ago was this? Maybe two years ago. <laughs> what? Maybe two years that ago. That was when you were your beer pong prime. No doubt about it. You Maybe. were still in college two years ago, right out of college. Yeah, right out of college. <laughs> that is, that's, un, that's inexcusable. It felt inexcusable. It didn't feel real. Like? Until you're watching them celebrate as if, you know, they do this, right? They oh, remember back when they did this. That is, I just can't even, I, I can't come up with, like, I bet the line on that game had to be through the roof. Like, you're, you're overwhelming favorites there. At minus 1,200. There's no doubt. Like, is it like the Mighty Ducks? Is it, is it like, what level of upset is this that we're talking about? Chaminade over Virginia. You guys don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Like. Bringing up stuff from the 50s. <laughs> it was the 70s. Um, <laughs> I, I want to make sure that I have this correct. The year in question you in the month of March won an FCS playoff game as the starting quarterback at Southern Illinois. And mere months after that, you lost to your mom and your aunt in beer pong. But is, is that correct? Is that accurate? It's about as accurate as it gets. <laughs> Compare it, I Talk guess. Talk about a plummet from your highest of highs. Tumbling off of a cliff, uh, Stone Lebanowitz. I would guess I would compare it to, if I had to, Theo, come up with an example. Dodgeball, the movie Dodgeball. Yeah. We were the purple. Oh. We were the purple cobras. My mom and her friends were the uh, was the Vipers, the average Joes, the average Joes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, they took good. us out. That is good. You, you, you can't, uh, yeah, you can't let that get out there, man. Yeah. Make sure you never talk about this on the pub- right. public. Make sure domain. nobody ever hears about that again. Right. Yeah. Clip this out of the pocket. Right. Uh, no, I, I, in fact, I think this should be its own segment on the podcast. Uh, Jeanette tweets in winning the World Series. That doesn't okay. count. Okay. Uh, Jeanette, on, we love man. you, and we appreciate yeah. your contributions to the Houston Astros at the ballpark at the, the Palm Beaches as the in-game host spring training last year. But you didn't physically do yeah. anything on the field <laughs> athletically to contribute to the Astros World Championship. Right. You, you, as part of the staff, contributed. Yeah. To the organization, but not athletically. We're going to have to strike that from the record. We're taking it away, especially like even for even if it Dusty Baker, like he wanted he as a manager, athletically didn't do he anything didn't, exactly. Like he if he if Dusty Baker called in and was like, "Hey, like we won the, the World Series last year," we say, "No, Dusty, mm. you didn't athletically do that. You right. did manage it. You, you managed them in the World Series, but you physically did not contribute." Yeah. Mm. So, Jeanette, we're not belittling your achievement. We're just telling you, you nor Dusty Baker get to claim right. that on this show today. We're just further, uh, we're further pointing out the parameters yes. of this. Yes. Uh, speaking of physically helping a team win in the NFL, running backs are right up at the top, right? They're up there. They are. They are right up there. That running back position. You're you're oh, not winning. Smirking. You're you're not winning a damn thing. And I know this is a passing league, but you're not winning a damn thing without a proficient running game. Is that accurate? Every team that's won the Super Bowl, really since the beginning of Super Bowl time, you've had a running game. You have to at least have a threat of run. You can't just go out there and pass it eighty times a game like the Bucks tried to do last year. And and if teams yeah. know you're going to pass it, they can stop the pass. I would argue. That the biggest downside to the Dolphins last year for the first 13 weeks of the season was lack of a consistent running game. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 100%. They tried to go running back by committee, and it didn't really work out for them. Right. And they cut a couple of them. So, 
now we're in a situation where you have three high-profile running backs. Saquon Barkley of the Giants, Josh Jacobs, who led the NFL in all-purpose yards last year, Las Vegas Raiders, and Tony Pollard of the Cowboys, none of whom were able before the deadline yesterday to come to terms on a long-term deal with their respective teams. That means that they're making right around $10.1 million this year on the franchise tag. These guys are obviously unhappy. Uh, They wanted a long-term deal. Running backs more than anyone now in football have become the most undervalued individuals. Not the position, but the individuals who play the position are now the most undervalued players in the sport. Do you think that that's a pretty accurate assessment? It is, yes. The individuals, not the position, but the individuals. The individuals, the high-end talent, don't get what they would get if they were high-end talent at different positions, right? Like the 10th best running back in the league is getting paid scraps compared to the 10th best edge rusher, quarterback, receiver, corner. Like, it's tough. Like, look at the franchise tag numbers for this year. And the, the franchise tag is the average of the top three salaries at each position uh, every single year. It, it resets itself every single year. Quarterback franchise tag this year, $32.42 million. The wide receiver, $19.74 million. Offensive line, $18.24 million. Tight end, $11.35 million. Wow. Running back, ten million. Oh, nine million dollars of any position on offense. The running back is valued the lowest Mm. again, lower by a full million than the tight end. Mm. And look at the offensive line, 18.24 million because left tackles really inflate that number. And with the offensive line, you're rarely going – you're not getting franchise tag based on position along the offensive line. The offensive front is being is being judged as a conglomerate. Mm. So now you've got Saquon Barkley outstanding, Josh Jacobs outstanding, Tony Pollard outstanding. Big reasons why their offenses were what they were in 2022, and they're all sitting on franchise tags. And it's a trend that didn't just start yesterday. This has been going on, though, Theo, for quite some time. And my the first reaction that comes into my mind is why would anybody want to play running back anymore? Mm-mm-mm. Such an important position, but why would any one individual in the starts at the peewee level, to the high school level, to the college level, to the NFL level, because the NFL is the ultimate goal, why would anyone want to continue to play running back and strive to make the league as a running back when the running back not only has the lowest shelf life of any player, seasons on average is the lifespan, career lifespan of a running back, and you get paid the least of any position on average on offense. Why, why, why would you play running back through college? It is becoming harder and harder to justify it, especially if you're a player that can play different positions. Like, you look at guys like Micah Parsons. He was a running back in high school, and he played defense, and look what he stuck with where the money was. Like, you look at uh, all of the elite-level athletes, and if they have an option to play a different position, it feels like they're going to go to the other position. I don't – I can't – I wouldn't be able to justify it. If my son was an elite running back, I'd be like, hey, you want to get yeah. into soccer? Like, that's the sweet thing. Feet. That's the thing. If, if, if you are a parent, especially down here in South Florida where it's very applicable because you have a lot of guys who go pro out of here based on other regions of the country. Yeah. If your kid is shaping up to be a running back – 
At what point do you have that conversation? Hey, you might want to try something else out. My running back is his best position, but that's not going to be where the money is. I, 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 I don't. I think the running back position is dying. It's dying, Stone. I, and you played the sport. You understand the importance of a run game. But I'm starting to think that we're entering an era where you're just going to see dual receiver and running back types, and the receivers are going to try and get paid as receivers. And the running back, the RB, that true position, is going to turn into a full-fledged hybrid. There's no such thing as a true running back the way that things are trending. And I think to carry that point even further, it's easier for a receiver to play running back than it is for a running back to play receiver. And it's not just something when when you're posing the question to parents, like, what do you do if you're coming up and your kid's a running back? It's not as easy as telling your son, a running back, to get better at receiver. Like, it's just, it, it, there's a natural, your limbs have to move a certain way. You have to have certain hands. You, you have to move your feet a certain way as far as getting off the line and, and a lot of your stance and stuff. Like, it's not something that you can really teach. You have to have done it coming up your entire life. But for a receiver, getting in the backfield and, for instance, with a good offensive line, they do open that A, that B yeah. gap up. Like you can go get four or five, yep. no, no matter how you do it, you just go get it. So I, I think that's really annoying because it's not as easy as telling your son who's running back, "Hey, you need to go play receiver." Because this kid's spent his entire life under the squat rack, right, getting these quads, these hams right. He's broad in the shoulders, just how a coach likes his running back. Like that doesn't work at receiver. You need the limbs and the, and the hands that hang past the knees when you're just standing straight up. So that that's tough. But I, I think this is most annoying to teams who predicate their offense based off of a running back. Like so much so that when you have these third down packages where you're bringing in extra tight ends and extra offensive linemen and you're snapping this, the ball to the kid in a wildcat formation and stuff. So, so these coaches and these teams know how important a running back is. We see Derrick Henry on the goal line. Like yeah. most teams can't do that. So they don't understand why this is happening. It's tough though because you need a running back. You just need a running back. Just, you need that guy. Uh, for me... The fact that the running back, where we've had MVPs before, we've had number one overall picks before. Mm. Uh, last year in the draft, we didn't have a running back taken in the first 32 picks at the draft. I think well, we had Bijan. Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. This past year. I'm sorry, I meant 2022. Oh, before, yeah, because the first guy was. Bijan, Bijan is out of Texas, is yeah. absolutely an outlier. He's like a Freak. Saquon Barkley yeah. outlier. And right? I mean, I mean, he's caught playing passes. And, last year as and well. Jameer Gibbs out of Alabama is a is a pass catching running back yeah. as well, a dual so, threat guy to the line. So what do we what do we do here? Because this is inextricably broken. Like we're not going to be able to. Like, what do we do with the running back position? Is the running back dead? Is the running back position dead? Because it certainly feels like, and I think it is, because now the prerequisite is always going to be now. Oh yeah, running back, but can they catch? Yeah, running back, but can they catch? And then at what point do we start having the conversation? Uh, do they get wide receiver money? Should they be getting wide receiver money? Yeah. Because Bijan Robinson is not going to go to the league and start catching passes and maybe line up in the slot and then be this hybrid. And then when it comes to contract time, he's slotted in as at the lowest paid position on offense. Like that that seems inherently unfair. I don't know what the solution is to this here, but I do know that the running back is is sort of dead. It's dead. Like they, they, There's no such thing. Uh, to me, if I was running a football team, there'd be no feature back anymore. Yeah, You don't win with a feature back anymore. And for Saquon Barkley, I understand his frustration and he's an outstanding player, but also Saquon Barkley, what's been one of the trademarks of his career? Injured. Uh-huh. That's he, the problem with playing running back. Missed a game last year. Missed three games the year before. Missed almost the entire season 2020. Missed three games the year before that 
His only full season was his rookie year. And a lot of those games he did play, he was playing injured. Right. So Or hurt, at least. He's an injury risk. Yeah. Now, he was a top-five pick, so that's what's frustrating for him. This is a guy who's a top-five pick, and then he's being treated like every single other running back that's been taken over the last decade. It's, it's a tough discussion to have that do-you-get-your-money contract as a free agent. Yeah. Looking at this at, at scale, when you look at the, the average salary for a running back in the NFL is $1.8 million, and the average salary for a place kicker is, what, $2.2, million, $2.4, $2.5 million? kicker! The kicker's average salary is yeah. more than running backs now. Yeah. The only position on the field that gets paid less than running backs do are the long snappers, right? Go figure. But I, I think when, when you put that in perspective, think about how much work goes into getting your body ready to play on a Sunday for a running back. All like, those hits. Like, like think about what Saquon is doing in the weight room and think about what he's doing to stay healthy and to prevent those injuries from happening all the while. The place kicker's doing God knows what. Yeah. Like, like I only know See, I can only speak from the, the college level, but I, I do have buddies who I've played against, played with, who are now NFL kickers, and the regime is still the same. Like they're still doing the same amount of physical exhortation. Like that's what's mind blowing to me because they get paid less than these guys, and the amount of work they put in is is worlds different. So, do do running backs have more roles than wide receivers on a play to play basis? I I, I would. Uh, it's a good question. I, I, don't think, I don't think the margin's that far off. So, so you've got a running back who responsible for, in the modern-day NFL, responsible for carrying the football, responsible for pass protection, mm-hmm. responsible for catching the football. If you have someone that is a full complement of tools, and there's more than, than we think. Yeah. Some are much better than others. Christian McCaffrey is much better than X guy who just came out of college, but that, that's his responsibility. As yeah. a receiver, run your route. Maybe provide a decoy and a block in some situations. And the wide receiver is based on based on the franchise tag, valued over nine million dollars more per player than the running back at the top end of that position. Yeah. Does that seem fair? It doesn't, that doesn't seem fair to me based on how we just laid that out. It doesn't seem fair and it also doesn't make sense. Uh, what I was gonna But s- it does unless you're talking about yards gained. From scrimmage, where the wide receiver blows the running back out of the water. Yeah, and I was going to say, as it, and also if you're a team, <clears throat> same as a fantasy owner right now, and you're seeing the same shift in fantasy football, if you are an owner of a football team, you can pay Jamar Chase or T. Higgins $20, $25 million a year, guaranteed a certain amount over the next three, four years, and have a certain amount of confidence that this guy is going to still be in his prime, not be an injury risk, going to be available for me uh, Sunday after Sunday. Versus you already know the punishment you're putting that running back through. So it's harder for a team to commit a future to a running back knowing he's getting 300 touches per per year and he's taking all of these hits and he's likely to miss four or five games here and there and not be there and you still have to pay him. That, that's, that's where the problem is. I'm curious. I just want to ask. Like We laid it out and tight ends are having a moment right now. right? <laughs> yeah. Like they, yeah. they really are. The, the Gronk really, I guess, Jimmy Tony Graham. Gonzalez, Jimmy Graham, Gronk, and now you've got Travis Kelsey. Like, yeah. tight ends are, are, are having a moment right now. They've never been more valuable than they are right now. But we just went through all the responsibilities of a running back as well. And I would argue it's the, other than linemen, the most bruising physical position to play on offense. Other than quarterback, what's the most valuable to you? What's the most valuable position on offense to you? 
What's the most valuable position on offense, not named quarterback? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. Because just talking through this, it seems inherently wrong that the wide receiver from a franchise tag perspective is $9 million more, $9 million plus more than the running back. And I get the frustration that Saquon Barkley has, that Tony Pollard has. Christian McCaffrey was out tweeting on on their behalf yesterday. Um, I understand the frustration, Josh Jacobs. But that said, looking at the modern game of football and how many guys can get involved in your running back rotation, like the importance of the position – but then how much you can recycle the personnel, Yeah, those are two different directions they're pulling in, maybe more so than any other position. And so I would say the running back position is maybe the most valuable outside of quarterback, asked to do the most, unless you want to talk about your, your offensive line, right. many of whom are in on a play-to-play basis, but they're also not hitting at full speed. They're also not taking full brunt of, of forceful contact right like running backs are on a play to play basis but again like how do you how do you juggle the amount of personnel you can roll through with the position and its importance and i don't quite know where that intersects and i don't think there's a concrete answer to that because if you let's just look at the chicago bears you had justin fields who averaged i think 22 pass attempts a game who's basically a running back who's basically a running back so instead of the 30 32 that an aaron Rodgers, that a joe burrow would average Justin Fields averages around 22. Why? Because he is running the ball, and there are some rush attempts, and also you have guys like David Montgomery. So you have to play this pick-and-choose game. Think about who throws the ball the most and runs the ball the least. Hey, that was the Bucks when, when Tom Brady was playing for them. Like, so there's not a concrete answer because it depends on what scheme, what you want to do. Like, I, and I, I think a lot of offenses, too, I can speak for the 49ers most definitely, they have a mark they need to hit. Like, they have to hit. Plenty of games that we would go into, again, just from the college level, like, we needed to run the ball 26 times. Like, we were not going to... It, that fourth quarter was not going to buzz but until we ran the ball 26 times. So you got to hit your mark. you got to have the guys. Debo's had his own contract problem, speaking of the 49ers. Yeah. Like, Debo wanted to be paid like a wide receiver, and they tried to pay him like a running back. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And it's been it, going on forever. Right. And yeah. so, it's it's problematic. I Lavelle says definitely wide receiver, the most important position outside of the quarterback. That's what the market says. The market says that, yes. But, man, Justin Jefferson did not have as many roles as Dalvin Cook did on a play-to-play basis last year with the Vikings. He just Uh, didn't. It's a funny way to peg it, but as far as rushing yards per game and receiving yards per game. I'm looking at job description. The the differential, I think, for the the mathematicians is the uh, rushing yards per game and the receiving yards per game. Like, it's just... The margin's huge. Also, who are teams more afraid of? Justin Jefferson put, puts They're, fear in defensive coordinators' hearts I, I, more. I, than I, and I get no. like on its face, no? this person is accounted is going to account for more yards yeah. per play, bigger, yeah. bigger portion of yards per play per touch than other players. Even if Dalvin Cook last year ran for more yards than Justin Jefferson caught in a game, on a per-play basis, Justin Jefferson's yeah. always going to win that discussion. So, on a, on a very, on a very macro level. The market says, oh, you want the guy who's going to uh, collect the most yards in one play as possible. But again, from a role standpoint, like here at ESPN West Palm, and I, maybe we're an outlier company, I, we here, we don't get just paid based on uh, your exposure, how much mic time you have. You get yep. paid based on how versatile you become. And I understand that every business isn't like that, but it seems inherently wrong to me. 
that there's such a wide gap between receiver and running back. What to you outside of quarterback is the most valuable position on offense? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. On Twitter at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. He is Theo Dorsey, WPTV News Channel 5, WFLX Fox 29. And damn, is he valuable. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the NHR and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Hey, Stone, Dolphins rookies report today. It's here. It's big time. You see, you see Tua go live with his wife for the first time yeah. posting on social media? I'm like? going to give Jeanette credit for that because she had Tua talking specifically about his wife at that, uh, that celebrity softball game that Xavier uh, Howard put on. And I think that that had to do with thinking. I think I need to I need to expose her to the masses now. So good job, Jeanette. She, Jeanette asked Tua on Instagram, "Hey, could you give us a little dance?" Because he was uh, he was he was he was grooving a little bit in the dugout, and he's like, "Oh no, my wife would get mad." It was weird, but yeah. I'm going to give Jeanette credit because she had the guts to have two in that mindset, and then two said, "You know what? Here, world, meet my wife." She planted mm. the seed. That's mm. right. Mm. That's right. Planted the seed. Uh, I'm going to plant this seed. <laughs> if that's a sound that you're consistently hearing, you have a problem. You're congested. And a lot of times it goes outside of just allergies. Ah, uh, hay fever. Ah, I got a cold. No, you, you don't have eight months of hay fever. You don't have eight months of a cold. That's not a thing. Chronic congestion, that is a thing. And it can be fixed. Dr. Neil Goldhaber knows how to fix it. He's done it before. He's been doing it for decades. ENT extraordinaire based out of Boynton Beach. Your nose issues, your ear problems, your throat concerns. Otherwise known as an ENT, ear, nose, throat, Dr. Neil Goldhaber. Your snoring problems, he has helped so many people make those a thing of the past. There are a lot of you with snoring problems, and you just assume, well, that's just how things are. I'm a snorer. <laughs> a snorer. <laughs> My family's used to it. No, 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 no. That can be fixed. There are ways to help that. Sometimes it's a CPAP machine. Sometimes it's something structural and a procedure can help. But you don't know until you see Dr. Neil Goldhaber. Goldhabersinus.com. Get your consultation. Dr. Neil Goldhaber. Goldhabersinus.com. A lot of you hearing this right now, I'm speaking to you. I'm making you feel something because you're in that spot. You didn't know that there was a way you could maybe... Make those things history. Dr. Neil Goldhaber, goldhabersinus.com, goldhabersinus.com. That's Dr. Neil Goldhaber. Every week, we give Theo Dorsey the floor. We give him the stage. We put the spotlight on him because he needs an outlet for his pettiness. He is someone that will never let you forget about one of your team's losses, especially if it becomes or it comes at the expense of one of his favorite players or one of his teams. Don't you dare play in a fantasy league with him. Mm. This dude will call you and rip you apart if his fantasy team beats you. He has no regard for your feelings. He is as petty as they come, and we let him preach. It is time now for Theo Dorsey's Temple of Troll. Congregation, it's time to hear the good word. He prays for your sports pain. Rosiu then rejoices and preaches pettiness. Theo Dorsey is in his bully pulpit in the Temple of Trolls. Now, I'll admit, today, uh, 
It's hard to troll a guy who just got 92 million guaranteed, who's getting paid 40 million a year from his squad, who just inked maybe the biggest payday he'll ever have in his life this offseason. But nobody, and I do mean nobody, over the past week has caught more strays than the one and only Danny Dimes out with the New York Giants. As we're talking about how valuable running backs are mm-hmm. and how Saquon Barkley deserves an, a long-term extension and not the franchise tag and Josh Jacobs and all of these guys, everybody keeps pointing back to the fact that Daniel Jones, who's now getting paid $40, $40 million a year to play quarterback for the New York Giants, who was literally carried carried by Saquon Barkley all of last season en route to his contract signing, now he's got the newfound expectations of, hey, you're getting paid $40 million a year. You got to go make something happen. You got to be a leader of this offense and all of the straight. Just search Daniel Jones on Twitter, if you will, and see what all the tweets are about because nobody believes in this dude. Not one iota. And of course, it's going to be great for Daniel Jones to be able to go back home and enjoy his newfound wealth, his generational wealth that he's just built for his family because he plays quarterback. But now with the expectations and the spotlight on Daniel Jones and the contract situation around Saquon Barkley, every time his name is brought up, every time you Google him, every time a pundit is talking Daniel Jones, it's about how much he's going to suffer if Saquon sits out. Good luck on the payday, but also good luck in the NFC East this season as everybody's pointing to you as the guy that has to get it done now that Saquon Barkley, his future is uncertain. Daniel Jones did a great job with Brian Dable designing a high school offense around him <laughs> last year to churn out production. Daniel Jones is still not better, even though we beat him in the postseason. Daniel Jones is not better than Kirk Cousins. There's no way. He's not even close. I mean, it's not even close. Is he better than Brock Purdy? Maybe. Sure. Who cares? Maybe, right? But I, who cares? I don't know if we have enough of a true sample size on Brock Purdy yet, but I think that you can at least have the conversation. We know what the trajectory of this Daniel Jones thing is going to yeah, be. Yeah, well, we've been there, done that with Daniel Jones, and you're right. He only got paid because he's a quarterback, and yeah. Brian Dayball put him in the best possible situation to succeed with an offense that you can't run back this coming season. <laughs> yeah, and I think if you're even able to bring an offense to an elementary school level like they did with the Giants. It was almost uh, Tebow-esque at times. You, yes. you can only do that because you have a guy like Saquon Barkley. Right. right. No Saquon Barkley, that offense is going to have to look totally different. And then Daniel Jones. I mean, the spotlight, you're in New York City. The sp- or I guess not necessarily, but you're in New York. Mm-hmm. And the spotlight's going to be brighter than ever. And I, I just don't, th- I don't think this is going to end well for Daniel Jones, but at least he has $92 million guaranteed. I mean, that dude got his money, and then you're right. On social media, he's being torched before he even takes another snap as a paid man. My God. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. They have a team of skilled orthopedic sports medicine surgeons and specialists that specialize in surgical and non-surgical treatments to get you back to what you love. Don't put off seeing a doctor. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho today for more information. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading-edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealthnet slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the floor to keys learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho he's theo dorsey wptv news channel 5 wflx fox 29 i'm ken levick i'm live on espn 106.3 from the anajar and levine studios in downtown west palm beach you are listening to ken levick alive 
on ESPN 106.3. Oh, boy. Uh, Stone, you want to do uh, an EDS air conditioning coolest moment of the week? I would love to. Okay. You want to do about Buster Olney? No. no, we'll do it about Ohio Johnny. Uh, here Time we go. Now for the coolest moment of the week. Cool. Cool, yeah. The coolest moment of the week is brought to you by EDS Air Conditioning. Shohai Otani. The, I guess, surging angels. They're, they're kind of winning. Eh. They're kind of hanging around the playoff race. Shohai Otani. Apparently, if you're still in the bandwidth, you're not allowed to ask his manager about uh, what it's been like juggling trade rumors with Shohei Otani on a leaving. national broadcast. You keep leaving out the most you're important not part in the middle of a game. It was during the game! It was during Who the game. Who cares? Who cares? It's Buster Olney. He's the most respected reporter in the sport. Who Get cares? out of my face, nerd. <laughs> I like Kirks and me, but yeah. Sure. Well, Kirkson's not doing anything. Is he even with ESPN anymore? I think he might have been one of those ones. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know for huh. a fact. Uh, first, the cool part of this. <laughs> Shohei Otani, number 35, last night. And again, unholy bat crack on this one. And the one, two. High drive, center field, fader back, on the track, at the wall, leaps. See ya. A two-run home run to tie the game. Man, everything's coming up, uh, everything's coming up Yankees, huh? They can't catch a break. They cannot catch a break, oh, including I mean, the only obvious uh, example of an announcer jinx in Colorado uh, that we played yesterday uh, here on Ken Levick Alive. But that Shohei Otani home run, including just the hellacious sound off his back, th- bat, that is the EDS air conditioning coolest moment of the week. EDS is, yes, EDS, a train comfort specialist. It's hard to stop a train. They've been doing it since 2006. By the way, speaking of, uh, of needing air conditioning, Hugh Freeze looks like he's going to run a marathon from SEC Media Days right now on ESPN. God, Hugh Freeze looks terrible, the Auburn head coach. Just horrible. If you don't want to look like Hugh Freeze when you get into your home, make sure your AC is functioning with EDS. EDS is, yes, edsairconditioning.com. That's EDS airconditioning.com cool yourself down if those warning signs those red flags are showing up with your ac unit it's not cooling down your home or your place of business as quickly as it usually does or things feel a little humid none of those things are normal that's an indication you might have a problem that's where eds comes in edsairconditioning.com they work around you your schedule that's eds air conditioning edsairconditioning.com eds is yes eds air conditioning Speaking of media days, Theo is headed back for a second straight year to ACC, oh. the ACC kickoff next week. When are you out there next week? Queen City. You're going to feel me That's touch Charlotte. the city. That's Charlotte. On, on Monday. That's Charlotte, yeah. So you you'll say uh, that, Charlotte. They bo- know Queen City around here. Born and raised, but, baby. But they call Cincinnati <laughs> Queen City, too. No. The Queen City. No, but not. Charlotte's the real Queen City. Charlotte, the Cincy man. crap. Why do Cincinnati and Charlotte have the same nickname? I don't well, know. Charlotte is actually named after a queen. So I don't know what Cincinnati has going That's on. but point. They're fake up there. Cincy. Well, people call Miami the Magic City, but they also call New Orleans sometimes the Magic City. Right? I don't know. People, We need to get this sorted out. No, New Orleans is the big easy, though. But uh, we're going to have Dino Baber, Syracuse head coach, back so Stone can ask him questions about quarterbacks that no longer play under him like he did last year. That's Theo. That's Stone. I'm Ken. Bye-bye.